today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's back to work at Queen's Park, as we've been talking about this week. And uh, Health Minister uh, Jones has introduced a couple of pieces of legislation. Uh, not a surprise, really, because we knew this was coming. Uh, one of them, of course, is is the, uh, the uh, move by the Ford government to include more for-profit uh, clinics in, in some procedures, uh, not just cataract surgeries uh, and minor uh, testing and procedures, but now they talk about uh, joint replacements involved in that. And that's going to be debated and we'll spend a lot more time on that but one other element of this uh that has quite a few people concerned about this is uh to do with long-term care facilities and uh the risk of harm uh the government is now proposing anyway uh that uh, that maybe what some people consider to be non-qualified persons may be handing out medications to some of the residents in these facilities uh in a bid to this is their rationale on this and a bid to free nurses for more complicated care, personal support workers, typically uh, tasked with uh, dressing, feeding, and, and toilet to, uh, of a residence, uh, could take some extra training, they say, to administer basic medications under new measures performed by the uh, Ford government. Uh, good idea, bad idea. Our next guest has some pretty strong feelings about that. Uh, she uh, is uh, Laura Tamlin-Watts, who is uh, CEO, of course, of CanAge. Uh, Laura, pleasure to have you back on the program. Thank you so much for the time today. Thank you. Uh, I, I suppose, given some of the rationales that the government's used in the past, we shouldn't be surprised by this. But uh, but when they introduced this, and, and uh, Minister Jones talked about this, what was your reaction? I sigh deeply uh, because certainly very basic medications, the kind that you might give your own children or somebody at home, probably can be used by people with adequate training. So we're talking about things like acetaminophen, Advil, topical creams that might help for a rash. Those aren't, you know, deeply concerning. And and it's being sold in a way that it was just this type of medication that would be there. So I think with adequate training, th- those types of medications probably can be handled. However, we know that many older people, many residents in particular, are on many medications many times a day so that the real risk of error is significant. And as you know, and as anyone knows who's tried to look at medications, many sound the same. And so we're very worried about errors. Now, you can probably oversee that more strictly if you did have a stronger regulatory body, but we just don't. Well, this is the concern that I had, and I, I read that descriptor that I just mentioned. And you know, they talked about, as you say, uh, acetaminophen. It could be Tylenol, any number of things like this that you know, they'd be handing out. Uh, but I, I, I've never visited a, a facility like this to, to see friends or loved ones where I haven't seen people that are taking many medications. And and the concern here, as you say, it's not just dosage; uh, it's it's how those those medications interact with everybody. You got to get it right, don't you? It is that interaction which is so critically important. Many people will know that for some folks, allergies are going to be key and and also to make sure that the right timing is given. We know that many people in long-term care are really fighting to get enough care time. So we certainly understand the idea of giving the most amount of time possible to that strong nursing care. But Advil and acetaminophen, while they may seem really banal to most people, can have very dangerous side effects if they're mixed with other medications or if people can't tolerate them. So again, we're worried because there needs to be much more oversight and training, and we don't have those yet. 
I, let's talk about procedure here. I, and again, I'm, I'm going by some of the, the things that the government's ta- using as talking points here. Uh, the proposal here is to have PSWs give non-controlled medications under approval of a home's registered nursing staff. Uh, does that mean the nurse is actually going to be there to dole out the medications and say, this one goes to Mr. Smith, that one goes to Mrs. Smith? In other words, there's going to be a nurse right there uh, to make sure that the, the dosages are allocated properly? That seems really unlikely to me. Now, these are just proposed regulations. When I say it seems unlikely is because in long-term care homes in Ontario, you only need one registered nurse per home, no matter how big the home is. And now many will have more than that, but still their time is incredibly short. So it's not really faster to you know, stand over a PSW shoulder and hand it over to them and watch them give it to the person than it is to just do it yourself. So they're going to be looking for time-saving mechanisms. It is unclear how that would be done and what the margin of error is really going to look like. Well, and as uh, I know, the health critic for both the Liberals and the NDP have already mentioned, why don't you just hire more people? Why don't you just pay the ones that you've got uh, a decent salary and, and maybe you won't have these shortages? Uh, that's not going to happen tomorrow. Uh, but it looks as if that's not even an option for them right now. They've decided to go in a total different direction. We're seeing this government, you know, hack and cut in places where we need to them to be thinking carefully and investing. I am absolutely sympathetic to, you know, good long-term care homes who are trying their best, who are incredibly short-staffed, who are trying to make sure that that skilled nursing care is going to the people who need it most and to lift out some of those more banal tasks to people who don't need that same scope of practice. I get it. I think we all understand that. But medication is not neutral. And if you give the wrong dosage or you give it at the wrong time, it can be fatal for people. So we need to see this government investing in more staff, investing in more training. And if they are going to go this way, we need that regulatory authority for PSWs to actually lean in and require training. Well, the concern here about mistakes, and, and I'm, we're talking about genuine mistakes here, uh, is, is I think a, a legitimate concern because we've seen we've seen mistakes with medications already uh, with the existing staffing, and and you know, the, and those are people that are trained in this in that that, that discipline, and if, if they're overworked and and they get tired because they're working long shifts, uh, is, are we just exacerbating the problem by simply saying, okay, this is the standard we're supposed to meet. We don't have the staffing to do that, so let's lower the standard. It's exactly the wrong approach. You know, we we need more staff. I understand, I think, as we all do, that getting staff can be very hard. But we have seen in Quebec some experiments where they paid health care aides, which is very similar to a personal support worker here in Ontario, about $50,000 a year with pensions and benefits. And it turns out every single seat was filled and it brought in a big influx of what we would call personal support workers. We know that people will take jobs if they're being paid fairly and well, if they are being supported and trained and they're being credentialed. I think fundamentally the problem is we have personal support workers with no regulated training who are often in after very short periods of time. And and I say this with love and compassion, who often have English as their second, third, or fourth language. So reading some of the more complicated information on a medication chart may be really challenging for them. 
Well, yeah, even people that are trained can have problems with medications and names, et cetera. And it, it's it's Abs- the sort of thing, I mean, that, which is why loved ones don't hand the medications out. You know, I know that, you know, a lot of family and loved ones are, are actually kind of stepping into the breach here and trying to help, uh, you know, because of the staffing shortages. But that's personal service work. I, I don't know too many of them feel comfortable getting into, into the, you know, discerning or get disseminating of you know stuff like this that is going to have a real impact on them uh this is a, a proposal at this stage as you mentioned laura is is this a done deal is this a fait accompli or is there going to be some dialogue about this well we certainly see this government move very quickly without much dialogue as we saw for bill seven which rammed through uh changes to legislation to get rid of the consent to enter long-term care. And so we've seen this government certainly take very drastic steps. At this point, it is up for discussion. There is input being gathered, although very quickly. I think it's probably a done deal. The question, if it is, that we can't do anything more about it, is what can we require in terms of credentialing and training to make sure that PSWs are at least equipped to do this and so that residents are safe. Laura Tamblin Watts, uh, CEO of CanAge. Laura, as always, thank you so much for this. Uh, more to come, and we'll certainly uh, call on you again. Appreciate the time today. Thank you. Take care. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.